Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. In case you didn't already know, our team is thrilled to be able to broadcast this weekend's ITA Division I Women's National Indoor Championships in Seattle. We'll have coverage from first ball to last as 16 of the top Division I women's tennis teams in the country do battle for the right to be named the National Indoor Champion and as part of of our preview of this weekend's action. What I will attempt to do on this show over the next few days is speak with each of the head coaches of the 16 teams that will be competing in Seattle. I'll ask each of them to help recap their ITA kickoff weekends, talk about the strengths in each of their respective rosters. I'm also curious to hear what are they most looking forward to learning about their team throughout the course of the action in Seattle. And then wanted to ask each of these coaches about some big picture things. Certainly the announcement of NCAA individuals moving to the fall. I was fascinated to hear what all these coaches thought about that. I also wanted to know what each of these coaches think of the broader landscape in the Division I women's scene at this point of the year. But, you know, again, more generally, we have fantastic interviews coming up over the course of this week for all of you Cracked Rackets fans, for all of you college tennis fans. A massive thank you to every one of these coaches who certainly have a busy week ahead for taking the time to speak with me. With that in mind, let's get to it. It's press row here at Cracked Rackets as we all prepare for the 2023 Division I Women's National Indoor Championships to begin. Hey, Crack fans, before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link to get signed up? Just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. So you go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information, one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion now to our show and someone who has guided her team back to the National Indoor Championships for the second consecutive season. Welcome on to the show, Auburn women's tennis head coach, Caroline Lilly. Coach, how are you doing today? 
it's been a good one. We had some early practice, so that's always fun. Uh, but it's been an awesome start to our day here in Seattle. It is going to be so fun for me as a Midwest, dare I say, northern man to see all the southern schools bundled up uh, as they adjust to the winter weather in Seattle. I will ask, I think the best warm-up for your team will be that run from the car into the indoor facility every morning. Like, I think that gets the blood flowing. Well, they beg. They're like, oh, we don't. can you drop us off as a door instead of in the parking structure? Even last year in Wisconsin, it was like coach, we don't really have jackets for this. And I'm like, oh, come on. A little wake-up call here. Yeah. No, it gets, uh, it gets the blood flowing. That's good. But, mm-hmm. you know, obviously for your team to get back to the national indoors, let's start there. What does that say about your program that you're able to get there in consecutive seasons? I think so much of it is culture. You know, when your kids put in the work every single day and they play tournaments all summer and they're excited to compete, they're excited to practice, they're excited to get back to work after disappointing matches, after exciting matches, every day they come to the practice court, uh, we have a team that loves to work. And so if anything, it's us pulling back the reins, uh, encouraging them to rest a little bit more than asking them to work. And so they really drive the bus. They really lead the program. And so when you've set that culture and you've established that culture, uh, then, then those things start to happen. And, and we talk a lot about the process and we talk a lot about what it takes to be great and what that looks like. And when you have a team that really embraces that, the results are, are a byproduct of the work. You know, the belief are a byproduct of the work as well. Mm-hmm. Well, to that end, your team has had to work and that belief has shined through. And I know it's only been six matches, but to some extent, there have been a little bit of a roller coaster ride in each of them. Let's just let me ask you this bluntly. I think you have found five different pathways to four in your five different victories. <laughs> Is that a burden or a blessing for you as a coach? Always a blessing. Always a blessing. We always tell them the points always come from anywhere. You know, to be great and to establish yourself as a really, really good team and a tough team to beat, it's going to take, take, you might take a lump, you know, like you might be playing number two singles and you might play pretty bad or the opponent that you play plays really well and you take a lump and a day later you're going to come back and you're clinch a match. And so I think that's the piece that separates good teams from great teams. The great ones, the points can come from anywhere. And, and, and that's, that's the blessing that we have this year. Um, is whoever we play, we believe that, that we have good matchups across the board and we have an opportunity to put a point on the board. And when you have a team that embraces that and a team that loves that, uh, they know that each one's going to have their moment this year and their, their moment to, to come through in a big big match or in, in a big point, and they're going to be excited about it. Yeah, and everyone's getting it out of the way early. And, you know, I am curious because you've started three freshmen. You also have three returners in your singles lineup To what extent does it feel like you're coaching two teams this year? How have you balanced, you know, again, (laughs) how you communicate with the veterans versus the newbies? I think with the veterans, we've asked them to coach a little bit. You know, we've asked them to to not – the accountability piece, I think they've embraced well, but just – the establishing the relationships and establishing the rapport to be able to communicate in a way that the young ones are going to be receptive. Uh, We've asked them to step up in some leadership roles. We've asked them to step up in some coaching roles in the sense like, Hey, how you handle a disappointing loss for yourself is going to be how they learn to handle a disappointing loss for themselves. How we handle a disappointing loss as a team is going to be how they learn to handle a disappointing loss as a team. Just like how, if, if I fall short in my match, that's a part of tennis. But if my team wins, how I handle that and how I behave is really important to that team culture. And so we've asked a lot of them. Um, we've expected a lot of them in the areas they can control. And they've certainly been really, really strong for us across the board. 
Do you find that the freshmen, and I use this phrase a couple times in talking with coaches, but that puppy dog eye, like the energy they bring, has that helped your team this year? I think so. I mean, the freshmen we have are really good tennis. I think that really helps our team. uh, They're very experienced. They're very good. They're very talented. And I think what they bring is this exuberance, this joy that all of these firsts that they could experience. And so even for our veterans and our returners to be around that, it's really exciting, you know, to see their first dual match for their first national indoors, for their first ITA kickoff weekend, you know, their first road match at Texas Tech last weekend. Those things are things they've never experienced. And so that exuberance, that joy, it really shines through. And so above all else, like that's probably been the most fun part. And it's exciting to have them at practice every day because so much of it is new and they're being pushed, but they're also being exposed to things they've never been exposed to. Mm-hmm. How did you pace your team in the fall, knowing that, again, you have veterans, certainly Caroline and Ariana had phenomenal falls in both singles and doubles. But, you know, I, looking at what you did with each freshman, you know, Caitlin played a bunch of matches in the fall. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm just curious how you went about pacing things for your team. Yeah, I think so much of it is the staff that we have as a part of our program. You know, we have a sports scientist, Joe Diamato, who does all of that for us, kind of gives us the green light, gives us the yellow light, gives us the red light, and that's all science-based. So we use a lot of technology to determine how we train, how much we're playing. So he's kind of giving me that green light, uh, that go, this person's ready to go. Hey, we need to back off this person, whatever it may be. And then obviously Amanda Lyon, our, our athletic trainer, has been tremendous. I mean, she does a ton of recovery work with them. So, so much of those decisions are kind of taken out of the coach's hands, uh, which is really nice when you have the scientific uh, technology and the science behind it to justify, hey, this is why we need extra days off, or hey, this is why we're not going to play this event, or hey, this is why we're going to play two or three events in a row, just based on all those numbers that are being crunched. And so we rely in, in, on our support staff a lot, and we lean on them a lot to help us make all those decisions. So let me nerd out a bit here on a tangent because that is fascinating to me. Um, are so you're you're big into the like the science of it all. It's not by feel. Oh, it's yeah. not like I want you to talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've always been one that feels like the U.S. is a little bit behind in sports science. When you look at Western Europe, especially, um, they've been leaning on this stuff for a long time. And so the professionalism with which you train and, 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 and knowing each individual body, I don't want to just rely on my intuition. It okay. might be a day. There might be a day where Joe's like, hey, that person's a green. And I'm like, mm, we're still going to back off. Like, okay. just I just have that feeling or they've communicated something. But, yeah, I've always felt like we're a little bit behind. And so I, 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 when, when the opportunity was presented to us for Auburn to hire a sports scientist, I really jumped at that and was like, I'd love someone to be able to tell me how fatigued my players are, you know, because our players right now are much more, they're, they're probably going to say that they're good to go because they want to train and their bodies aren't good to go. And so their self-awareness and their understanding of like how they're feeling or how recovered they are is, is a little bit difficult because they're such workers, you know, they want to be out there, they're type A, they're perfectionists. They want to work every single day. And so to have that resource and to have Amanda and Joe working together as a team, as a tandem, to give us that information, you know, we understand when our kids are recovered and when they're not and when we can push and when we can't, you know, and it's been really easy. It's made my job a lot easier. And I I trust it. I trust the science. I trust the numbers coming out of the force plates. I trust the numbers coming out of catapult. It's telling me how far my kids are moving, how fast my kids are moving, how fast they're accelerating, how fast they're decelerating, how well they're producing power, how well they're absorbing power. I mean, all of those different numbers. And so it's been a really good thing for us this year. I'm all in. 
You can blank out the names, but if you want to just send me charts and I can just start looking yeah, through them. This, yeah, you can be this, all over it. This, this, saying, this is right up my alley. And, you know, it is, it, it's fascinating to me because, you know, again, the more you talk to players, the more they talk about the value of recovery. And I always think back when I was in high school, one of my very good friends, shout out to him, just got married. Uh, he was a swimmer and he explained the mm-hmm. concept of tapering to me and like not tapering. swimming mm-hmm. a bunch before a big meat and I was like I'm sorry what like that makes no sense to me and I was like because tapering yeah exactly I'm like don't you want to be in form I'm like I like a perfect you know my how I like to rhythm myself before a match Mm -hmm. is a little bit different before an event like this will you find yourself like is the concept of tapering real when you actually turn to the science yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and each individual body is different. And that's the hard part about being a college tennis coach is all these players have different backgrounds. They come from all over the world. They have different training backgrounds. Their bodies are different ages, different body types. They produce power differently. And then they have different strengths and weaknesses. Just like on the court, they have that in the gym too. And so understanding the body type is really important. But tapering is very specific to each individual. And so what makes our job hard sometimes is we have eight or nine kids yeah. and they're all different. You know, one person needs to taper a little bit more one person might not need to taper as much you know one person might need to initiate that taper a little bit earlier but you also want to give them the confidence that they feel prepared and so we always give them a voice we give them a voice in their training there's certainly days where we're like nope like I don't care if you want to do extra you're not doing extra and they kind of look at you with those puppy dog eyes like you're saying like please I'm like no (laughs) we're done Uh, but I do think it's so individual based and that's what helps as well you know to have a pulse on every single one of your players at all times is very difficult. And so that's where we really use that science and those charts and all those numbers that Joe and Amanda work with to tell us a little bit, give us a little bit clearer picture, you know, instead of a snapshot, it's giving us a a movie, uh, a a, a motion picture, something that's active. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, again, send me the charts. I'm in. Uh, Yeah. I'm like, I'm imagining, and I don't know her that well, but like Carolyn, you're like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta taper Mm -hmm. off. And she's like, well, I'm not. So that's not it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can, I just, I can tell she likes her court time. So um, again, that's, that's a trend, but that, that's fascinating to me. And, you know, again, looking at your team this year, a lot of different ways I could take this question, but let's just address the elephant in the room. What happened in the doubles point against UCSB? And, you know, again, for your team to recover the next day, talk to me about what you've seen. Yeah, I thought UCSB came in playing really free tennis. I thought they played some really good tennis. And I thought it was a really uncomfortable position for us. You know, to be at home playing only two doubles teams instead of three, we were a little bit deer in the headlights, you know. And I think that we talked about that after the doubles point. That was like, hey, UCSB came and popped us in the face. That's going to happen. You know, we didn't play a great doubles point against UNC either. So we definitely (laughs) have had our moments in doubles. But I really thought they came in and played some really good tennis. And I thought we got rattled. More than anything, I think we lacked some composure, and so I really liked our response in singles that day. Uh, it was just a little bit uncomfortable. You know, when you don't have all your kids out there, you don't have three teams, you don't have six, six single players, that's not anything we'd ever experienced. And so I think we had some that were really uptight. Uh, we had some that were like, this is not normal. This is out of our routine. We don't know how to handle this. So I think it was a really good experience for us. You know, we played some really good tennis down the stretch in singles, and I was proud of that and happy to see our response. And the thing, the thing with coaching any great team or any team that works as hard as our team does, like, you know what you're going to get in regards to effort. You know what you're going to get in regards to intensity and competitiveness. You know what you're going to get. You might not play good tennis. That's a part of it. Like, you're not always going to play well. But when you know what you're, you know you have a resilient bunch and you know that they're going to find a response, whether you win that doubles or drop that doubles point, you, you know that you still have a shot. 
Mm-hmm. Well, to that end, when I look at what your team has done this year, and again, 5-1, and one, you beat Iowa State, who's going to be in this field. You guys went on the road and got a 4-3 win over Texas Tech. You obviously got to look at a North Carolina as well, played them tight. You know, I've been asking every coach, what do you feel your biggest strength is heading into Seattle? Because obviously every team in this field is loaded. Mm-hmm. When I look at your Mm -hmm. team, I feel like it's the fact that you guys are calloused up. Like, you guys have been through Mm -hmm. some shit, for lack of a better term. I don't know (laughs) how else to say it. Like, I feel like this team is ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think more than anything, we have some experience. We have that exuberant youth. But I think more than anything, like, we prepare the right way. You know, every single day these girls go to work. They approach every single match the same. They approach every single practice session the same. They're professional with how they warm up. They're professional with how they cool down. They're professional with how they utilize their time between practices on the road, between matches on the road to get their studying done, to make sure that they're doing their recovery, to make sure they're taking care of their bodies. And so I think our biggest competitive advantage is in the details how we handle the details, how we're disciplined in the details, how we embrace those 1% improvements in everything that we do. I think that's something that they really take heart in. They really take pride in. And when they go out there, they know they're going to earn windows of opportunity. And when you earn those windows, you're going to be really confident in those windows of opportunity. When you know that you've done everything in your power to be the best that you can be, even in those little details that sometimes go missed. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, very well said. And, you know, I am curious as we look at your uh, your lineup and your roster, obviously, again, really good teams across the country. Uh, Let's look at that top spot with Ariana because anyone who's watched her play knows she has some weapons that she can bring. Mm -hmm. But, you know, looking at obviously the matchup she's going to face this week, everyone's bringing some big guns. What's the, what, Mm -hmm. what do you, and as someone who has been in that stage has, you know, again, faced the big guns in the big events, what's the conversation with her like leading up to an event like this? The biggest thing with Ariana is she has stuff. You know, she's not one dimensional. She doesn't, (laughs) she doesn't go out there and play one style of tennis. And so we always ask her to approach matches like a puzzle, you know, approach it like a puzzle, see it as a puzzle and find the different pieces of your game that are effective on the surface, that are effective on the day, that are effective against the person across the net from you. And I think that's really important. You know, when, when we look at developing a player, we want them to have options. We want them to have different things that they can do. You're not always going to play good tennis. You're not always going to play the exact tennis that you want, but when you can come forward and transition and mix in a slice and a heavy ball and get and, and apply consistent pressure in different ways, then you know that you always can find a solution. And and one thing we say all the time to our players is what you seek is what you find. You know, so if you want to find problems and you want to find reasons that that you're not going to be effective, you will find them very easily. (laughs) If you want to find solutions and hunt those solutions and pursue those solutions with some level of resilience, then you'll find solutions. And so she's ready. She's prepared. She's got a big game. Uh, She loves the opportunity to play in that top spot. And she's certainly earned it throughout the year. Mm -hmm. No doubt about that. All right, you get to pick. I I could ask you about all the freshmen, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. (laughs) Give me one of these freshmen. College tennis fans haven't seen them play, uh, seen any of them Mm -hmm. play yet. You're going to see her play, and you're going to be like, oh, man. Pick the one who should you be excited for. I know it's like picking from your kid. All right, then then give me the synopsis. I'll touch on all three. I'll touch on all three. I'll touch on all three. I mean, all three of our freshmen are tremendous. I mean, as a team, they're incredible. Uh, we're incredibly blessed to have them at Auburn. We're incredibly excited. Um, DJ probably has played the least amount of tennis over the last couple of years, has a big game, um, does things incredibly well, and is only going to continue to get better. I know we're really excited about her upside and, and about how hard she's working to put to kind of beat on her craft and be on her stone to continue to play the style of tennis uh, that she embraces. But she's got a pro-level game for sure. 
Uh, Caitlin Carnicella has done a tremendous job for us um, throughout the fall and the spring. She obviously was one of the best juniors to ever come to Auburn um, and sign up for our program. So we're really excited. She's tough. She's resilient. She works incredibly hard, um, has big dreams, big aspirations. So we're really excited about her as well. Uh, and then Angie's our last one. Angie brings uh, 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 that exuberant joy. Exuberant joy is something Angie definitely brings to our team every single day. Uh, but what I love about Angie is she's fearless. You know, under, in big moments, Angie doesn't blink. Uh, she plays a style of tennis she wants to play. And so all three of them embrace their tennis. They embrace the style of tennis that they play. Um, all have professional aspirations. And, and that's really what we want in our program. People who want to play at the next level and have the ability to play at the next level. But all three of them have done tremendous things and are going to con- continue to do terrific things throughout their college career. That was efficient. That was revealing. That was exactly what we were looking for. So perfect. Good luck dealing with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fun, guys. Yeah, exactly. No, I like it. Um, well, you know, again, with that in mind, big picture, because I believe it's year four for you at the helm. And mm-hmm. now, you know, I think every player on this roster you mm-hmm. have personally recruited. How does that feel? You know, again, is there a different feeling as you enter year four, second year consecutively at a national indoors? Personally, do you feel like, yeah, this is where I want the program to be? I was really fortunate. I inherited a lot. I inherited a lot of talent, and I inherited really good kids. You know, Taylor Russo, George Jackson, Madeline Meredith, I mean, Lindsay Song, Yu Chen. I mean, those girls bought in from the very first moment that I was at Auburn, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, So I will never – I cannot. I could never have asked more of them, and I could never be more grateful for what I inherited from the previous coaching staff. So all the credit to them because those are class acts. Um, it's ex- exciting to have some new faces. It is exciting to have girls who signed up to play for the culture that Megan and I have established. Absolutely. I mean, that's always exciting. I think the piece that, that we really want to continue to embrace is we want to be a program where great Americans or great international players feel like they can come into, they can be treated right, they can be loved well, and they improve. And when we're doing those things well and we're recruiting the person and not just the player and we're recruiting to a culture and recruiting to a track record of development, we feel like we're doing our job well. You know, Auburn treats us well. They take very good care of us. And I'm so grateful to be at Auburn. But the culture of our team is is definitely where we want it. And we have players that want to work. And when you have players that want to work, it makes your job a lot easier. And so it's exciting to come to work every single day. It's exciting to come to work with with Megan as my associate head coach. I mean, I can't be more blessed than to have her on my team. You know, it's someone that I think the world of and I know our players think the world of. And so every day is truly a gift. Um, but are we satisfied with what our program is? Never. That's not my personality. <laughs> but am I excited about the direction and, and really excited about some of the, the kids that we have coming to our program in the future as well? Yeah, I think we're in a really good place. No, I love to hear that. Well, then, with all of that in mind for your team this weekend, what are you most looking forward to learning about this group? What are the goals for this team in Seattle? I think always composure. You know, trust, lean on your training, trust your training, and let's play some composed tennis. I love to see us pushed. I think that's, I mean, people were kind of surprised when we chose to play in Lubbock, Texas. It's not the easiest place to play, uh, but that was purposeful. You know, I, I'm pretty intentional about the schedule that we set. I'm pretty intentional about the way that we train, the way that we prepare, um, the, the way that our staff prepares our kids as well. And so I think the biggest thing for me is this isn't our first rodeo. This isn't the first time we've been here. You know, I know that there's going to be moments where we're pushed. I know there might be moments where we fall a little bit short in a couple matches, and and that's a part of tennis, you know. But that resilience, that composure, coming back and and, and being sure that you trust your stuff, you play big in the big moments, and you lean on your training. Um, But we're really excited. We know that every single team here can certainly compete with us, but we do believe we can beat everyone. 
Well, to that end, elevation versus cold weather. Pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, both? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's that, like, Bill Belichick mindset where it's like, hey, give him, like, bad balls or make him play in the snow or, like, do whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I have always been one, and I'll, I'll, I'll always continue to be one that puts my team in adverse situations, whether that be cold weather, whether that be elevation, whether that be windy. You know, we're always going to embrace that because whether the scoreboard reflects that, that we were successful or not, that's not really how we gauge success. So as yeah. long as we're getting better and as long as we're pushing in the right direction, then we believe that, that we're doing the right things for our group. Is that why you were outdoors kickoff weekend? always <laughs> I'm a big believer in outdoor tennis like okay. we laugh about it all the time I'm like this indoor stuff like it's kind of exciting but like to me tennis is an outdoor sport you know like you, you should deal with the sun you should deal with the wind you should deal with elevation you should deal with cold weather hot weather I mean the crazy thing in Lubbock was the match started and it was like 53 and by the end of the match it was 75 yeah. <laughs> Whoa. you know we're like sucking wind over there we're like what's going on uh but yeah I think that I'm, I'm a big proponent of outdoor tennis I think Obviously, the indoor segment of the season is an exciting season, but the NCAA tournament is an outdoor tournament. And I, I feel like if you, the more outdoor tennis you can get, the better your kids are going to be, the better prepared they're going to be. Um, and so that's why we chose to be an outdoor site. Slow 40s this weekend. We could move it outdoors. I'm just saying. I'm all for it. Yeah. I, I don't know if many people would be with me, but like, sign me up. The sun is shining, <laughs> shockingly. <laughs> yeah. There are a few head coaches who would be like, down. Let's take a vote. Yeah. Um, they, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're probably I, in my conference. Yeah, no, I've, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I can think of three voters who will caucus with you immediately. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. yes, with all that in mind, I've wanted to ask every coach because, and you brought this up, I agree, you look at the field, it's stacked. Every team really mm-hmm. good this season. Is there a favorite in your mind and turning the indoors? Oh, for indoors? I mean, I don't think you can ever vote against North Carolina. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we played them we played them indoors, uh, and they, they're very good from, from top to bottom. I think Brian and Tyler have done a, a terrific job there. I mean, without a doubt, I think they come into this tournament as the favorite. They come into this tournament season. They have a lot of experience. They have good team chemistry. They fight incredibly hard. They like each other. They get along. At least from the outside, that's what it looks <laughs> yeah, like, sure. that they have a great team culture. So, yeah, I would say I, for, for indoor nationals, I would always say that they're the favorite without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right. Well, moving beyond that, obviously, again, that level of college tennis, extraordinary. What does it say about the sport? What does it do for the sport to have an active top 100 player in Diana Schneider competing this year? Yeah, incredible. I mean, for someone to be playing the Australian Open and pushing some of the best players in the world and then to have that notoriety coming to college tennis, I mean, we're looking for that exposure. We want that exposure. It makes our product better. It makes every single team better. It makes the teams that get to play her better, the players that get to play her better. I think that NC State's done a terrific job with their program as well. I mean, they've built built a program that attracts some of the best players in the world, and so there's no surprise that She's chosen to go to a place that she feels like she can improve and a place that she feels like she can get better. But that's very, I mean, maybe 20, 25 years ago, that was pretty normal track for for a lot of pros to spend a year or two in college. Um, Even when they're playing main draw grand slams, that hasn't been the case since I've been in this. And so to have someone like that is a testament to the level of women's college tennis, but hopefully a, a testament to the development of women's college tennis as well. Senior year, Caroline Lilly gets a shot at Schneider in a dual match format. You taking a set? Oh, I'm serving in the line the whole time. 
we are not getting the baseline exchanges. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good answer. And, you know, Tip just, in charge would be like, hey, pass me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I couldn't pass Sarah Townsend at the U.S. Open, so maybe there's a chance. Yeah, no, you're like, <laughs> if you think I'm hitting a single topspin shot, that's just not happening tonight. Yeah, we're not, and, why would I do that? Yeah. Like, that plays right into what, how you're going to beat me. <laughs> yeah, I like that. No, um, you know, well, to see her, obviously, and to see so many college players have success, not only at the tour level, but certainly throughout the ITFs as well. It was recently announced that the ATP Challenger Tour in coordination with the ITA going to be providing more playing opportunity for uh, collegiate athletes. Do you expect a similar relationship to emerge on the women's side? How valuable are those playing opportunities for active college athletes? Yeah, I think I hope. I don't know what to expect. I'm obviously not involved in, in many of those conversations. I know the ITA is advocating for it. I know they're doing everything in their power. I think the ATP has a pretty unique setup because they have that challenger circuit, whereas we go ITF straight to WTA. So they have three tiers and we have two, which makes it a little bit more challenging. From what I've heard, I know it's, there's been detailed conversations and there's hope that moving forward, that's the case. Um, I think it'd be unbelievable. I think it'd be terrific. When you look at college sports across the board, college regardless of the sport that it is, it's producing professional athletes, you know, whether it be the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, whatever it may be, people are going from the college ranks to professional sports. And I think tennis should be the same. Not everyone needs college. I think there's certainly been plenty of examples of girls who can bypass the college ranks and immediately go to professional tennis. But I do think there's examples of plenty that would have benefited tremendously from coming to school. And I think that when you have the opportunity to team with professional organizations that can allow your players to get into tournaments, that can expedite that pathway from getting unranked or ranked 800 in the world to top 150, top 100 in the world, I think you're, you're putting yourself in a position where one, the player's spending a lot less money, you know, to get there. And, and two, you're making it much more affordable. So it's, it's accessible to more people. And I think that's a really important piece as well. I always want to do a series and called, you know, uh, share that email or share that pitch where all of you coaches <laughs> agree to show me what you've sent. Like there's gotta be somewhere in the yeah. Caroline I- Lily inbox, like dear Bianca Andrescu. Hi, this is Caroline <laughs> Lilly at Auburn University. I just Please would like to, to Auburn, s- thank you. Yeah, exactly. And just like, or like, you, you can know, play Diana Schneider if you come. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Hey arena, this is Caroline Lilly. Yeah. Like you beat me when you were 12. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. I'm the coach at Auburn. Please um, come. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I just like, because I always say, you know, like, dear Mr. and Mrs. Djokovic, hi, this is Tony Bresky. I would just like to, like, you yeah. know that email exists. And so it, I just. It's there. It's yeah, there. exactly. I want to, well, that'll right. be, what I'm working on that for next year. Uh, that'll be a pitch yeah. I have for, for all of you. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, last two questions, obviously players use the fall often for, to explore those pro opportunities. Will that be an option moving forward, given the announcement NCAA individuals moving to the fall? It's now formally announced, so I was curious, what was your reaction to that? Yeah, I think the most important thing is you want your players to go and play tournaments that they improve in. Mm-hmm. So they need competitive opportunities, whatever those opportunities may be. And I think one thing that I didn't like about moving – the individuals to the fall is it's one tournament that gets you in. So like you can get hot for one tournament, get a good draw for one tournament, and it's not a body of work. And when I look at qualifying for the Australian Open, it's not one tournament that gets you into that. It's it's your body of work over the course of a, usually a 12-month calendar that allows you the opportunity and earns you the opportunity to play in those events. And so I think that's my kind of qualm or my issues with moving that tournament is now it's we have to we're required or our players are required to basically have one good tournament 
or two good tournaments and it's not the body of work. And so I think it really stunts development. I think it's difficult on development, but what I've told our players is like, Hey, we're going to continue to see things the same way. We're going to, we're going to schedule in a way where you're exposed to all different levels. We're going to schedule in a way where you're, you play matches you're supposed to win. Cause that's really important. Sure. And you play matches against players that might be a little bit better than you. And I think that's in, in, an integral part to development. I think it's the most important part to, to development. So I don't anticipate it changing much. Like I said, almost every player on our team has professional aspirations, and we're certainly going to be taking to them to professional events so they can continue to, one, establish a ranking, but also to get better and, and learn how to manage a professional schedule better than they do now. Mm-hmm. To that end, would you be fine if they incorporate pro results into the selection criteria? Yeah, I would be all for it. Yeah, I agree. All for it. Yeah. You know, I think the piece that's hard for me right now is the ITA wants your players to play ITA events to qualify. Sure. And I'm like, well, do they need to play ITA events? If they're one of the best or they've established themselves as one of the best, do they need to play ITA events to qualify for NCAA nationals? That, to me, doesn't make much sense. I get that they're the governing body of college tennis, and they do a tremendous job advocating for our sport, and it is not a knock against them. But to ask our players to play their events to qualify for something that is not their event is something that may not make a ton of sense to me. Very well said. Well, then, last question. Round one, Ohio State. I was there last year. Boy, was it a fun four-three thriller for <laughs> for me. A little less fun for you, I imagine. Yeah, but no, still. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was it was a roller coaster. Um, and so with mm-hmm. that said, you excited for another shot? What should we expect? Without a doubt, I mean Ohio State has been around a long time. Alyssa's done a tre- tremendous job at that program. I mean they're they're great indoors, they're great outdoors, they're a perennial top fifteen, top ten program, and so we know it's going to be a battle. Uh, we firmly be- we believe it's going to be competitive. Every spot's going to be competitive. Those points for each team can come from anywhere. I think that's probably how both coaches feel. Uh, but we're really excited. I think that's one thing that when we when we get the opportunity to compete, whether we're playing Ohio State, Texas Tech, UNC, Iowa State, Samford, whoever we're playing is just an opportunity for us to improve. So we're ready to get out there. We're excited to be in Seattle. Uh, we're excited the sun's shining in Seattle. Uh, but most <laughs> importantly, we know it's going to be a battle, and, and we know she does a great job with her program. We know her kids are going to fight hard. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be a fun day of tennis. It's going to be a fun match, certainly, and I look forward to watching your team compete all weekend long. Coach, thank you very much, as always for taking the time to chat. Good luck to you and the team in Seattle, and I will see you all very soon. Thank you.